Griff. And this is Nora. And we are Miss Media, a podcast series that's a spinoff from Unapologetic Podcasts, and we talk about rape culture within pop culture. Awesome. So let's get started. Yeah. All right. So what did we talk about last week, Griff? So we talked about... A lot about how women are treated as celebrities and in the film industry. And it made me think, and we got talking even more about women who are directors, right? Yeah. So those are the storytellers of culture right now, are women directors. And how does that affect the stories that are told Mm -hmm. and what way they're told? And how does that affect how the uh, the characters are portrayed. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. I uh, I was doing some research about, you know, females in film and everything, and I found a talk by Naomi Dougal-Jones, and she's an actress, and I hadn't seen her in anything. She's an actress and an activist, and she was talking a lot about um, women in film, and she was talking about how... Um, the things that we see on film are a reflection of our culture. Not only that, but it influences, you know, it influences our thoughts, our ideas, a lot of different parts of us, you know, media is so ingrained in our society. You know, we're watching movies and TV shows from the time we were born when, from the time we're little babies. And she even had a very interesting statistic. She talked about how the year that Jaws came out, Americans started listing sharks among their top 10 biggest fears, which they never had done before. Um, they, she was talking about how the year that Brave and Hunger Games came out, female participation in archery went up 105%. Oh, cool. Isn't it? Yeah. So it is, there's a direct correlation between the things that are shown in film and in media and our response as a society. So whenever we bring that to women in filmmaking, um, so she also talked about how if you have mostly seen American movies in your lifetime, which most of us have, 95% of all the movies you have ever seen have been directed by men. 95% of every movie you've ever seen. Um, between 80 and 90% of all lead characters you've ever seen were men. Those are the things that are that we're being inundated with whenever we're growing up. We see strong men we see men getting to be these strong leaders you know and as young girls that starts to sort of unconsciously show us that that is not us that we cannot be that oh I totally get that I mean I think about Halloween when I was little I was always dressing up as Batman Mm -hmm. and Superman and all these different male superheroes because they were the heroes or wanting to be Prince Philippe who goes and gets the dragon and yeah. stuff like that. Like I was like, those were the character traits that I really valued and I identified with mm-hmm. as um, a kid, but they never had costumes and stuff like that for girls that like that that was never really portrayed for women yeah the the female characters weren't really um given those same qualities that you identified with right oh yeah like i even like when mulan we've talked about mulan before and that came out like i really wanted to get a mulan costume yeah um now realizing that would be cultural appropriation and like being a little kid and that's not okay but like um but thinking about that and i was like but there was no mulan costume to get yeah yeah and even recently i've been looking for mulan merch because i 
love Mulan. She's my girl. And I can really never find anything, you know? Um, and I just think that that's, that's very interesting. Like we, she was a character that I latched onto when I was younger. And I definitely think it's because that was the first time I saw a woman doing those things and having those, those skills that we often, um, attribute to men just because that's what our society conditions us to believe but the fact is that women can be all those things too Mm -hmm. and it's it's something that you don't really think about consciously until you see it you know you see that represented on screen and and it's inspiring and it affects kids um so I just think it's so interesting that like 95% of all the movies we've ever seen have been directed by men. That is, that's a perspective that is very uh, narrow. You mm-hmm. know, we are only seeing things from a male's perspective, from a man's vision, when there are so many other stories to be told. You know, women have stories to tell, but they're not really getting that opportunity. Um she was talking about, uh, she also stated another fact. So she did this TED Talk in 2016. And at the time, Paramount and Fox had announced how uh, all the movies that they were going to release between 2016 and 2018. It was 47 films. Not a single one was directed by a woman. Isn't Paramount like the worst one? I don't, I don't I've know. I've heard like, so like rumors is that like they're the worst about hiring women producers, women yeah. directors people who help with the creative process screenwriters wow. stuff like that and i mean I, the numbers definitely reflect that i mean 47 films in two years and not a single one has like a, a woman's voice as the director mm. um i think that 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 really reflects what we are being taught the things that we're learning whenever we're growing up and it it changes the stories that we're seeing being told, right? Mm-hmm. So how how does it affect the stories that were that are being told on screen when it is mostly men's voices that we're seeing? So I think like, you know, when we start seeing women who are in action movies and women who are strong, the most common plot line to make a woman strong for some reason, this trope is that they have some sort of rape in their backstory. Yeah. And it's like because they were raped, they were strong. Yeah. I think that's a that's a really common trope. I don't know if you've heard of uh, it's a website called TV Tropes. It has like a bunch of these different um, plot devices, all these common things that um, filmmakers and TV um, creators all, that a lot of people use. Um one of the tropes is rape as drama, rape as motivation. That's a very common trope. And it makes sense if 95% of movies are directed by men. Isn't that so interesting that so many men are choosing to use that plot device of sexual assault when in, you know, in the real world, it's mostly women who are victims. Mostly women are victims of sexual violence. So it's interesting that so many men are using that as as you know a plot device as a motivator um who is the sexual assault mostly motivation for is it motivation for the people who are being assaulted the victims in the film or is it motivation for the people around them so i would say that if you're going if there's a strong woman character for some reason if she's going it's about vigilante justice right Um, but a lot of times it can also have this, uh, dude who is attached to a woman in some way Mm -hmm. and 
it gives him motivation for vigilante justice. Yeah. Like there's plenty of movies where they witness their loved one uh, being sexually assaulted in a very violent and graphic sexual assault. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to go get them. And yes. it's motivation to get all the bad guys who right. did their person who they loved wrong. Yeah. And that's not really like rape shouldn't be man's motivation to do justice right right and i i think that it's interesting that these are men writing these sexual assaults into the plot and it's clear that the sexual assault is not being represented as the you know it's not shown from the victim's perspective most often it's not shown from the victim's perspective i would say a lot it's a lot of times shown from the perpetrator's perspective. Oh, yeah. Um, and what does that do for their storyline? Also, like, talk about the perpetrators. What do they look like in these mm-hmm. rapes, right? They're usually grotesque, ugly. Yeah. Like, you know, something that you would see almost, like, monstrous. Yeah. Um, what these men look like. And a lot of times when we talk about rape, it's the people who are committing it don't look like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little more. How does seeing these portrayals of sexual assault in media, how does that affect the way we, as like the general public, view sexual violence? Does it affect the way that we so view that? So we think that, first of all, I think it affects that we are, we think that like p- pretty people don't rape. Yeah. Conventionally attractive people don't rape. Yeah. Which is not true. You look at a lot of people who are uh, charged with rape or that um, are brought to trial. If it is brought to trial, you see a lot of athletes, mm-hmm. people who are conventionally attractive yeah, and um, or celebrities. And so with that, it pr- kind of puts this facade mm-hmm. that if you're good looking, you can't rape anybody yeah, because you probably wanted it. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. It it really sort of propagates these myths that we already have and these ideas that rapists are monsters, people who sexual assault are grotesque, you know, and you'll be able to tell if someone is a rapist. Like you'll you like should know because every of the way they rapist look. has a mustache. Right. <laughs> right. That trope for like, yeah, pedophiles and stuff, right? There's like a certain look. But that is that can be so damaging to the reality of it when we start to believe, even unconsciously, these ideas that we know if someone is violent. We can tell if someone is a rapist. The fact is that most of these crimes are are th- well thought out. Most of these people who are committing these crimes know what they're doing and they're serial offenders. And just this image of sexual assault that we're getting from movies is all created by people who don't understand sexual violence. And I think it does a lot of damage to actual sexual assault. I think I agree. And like a lot of times you'll see since the way that they they don't know about sexual assault or they haven't really studied it or brought somebody on who can educate them Mm -hmm. in the creative process. So these screenwriters almost make rape sexy. Yes. And it's I hate to use that term, but that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Who's the usually who is the person being sexually assaulted It is a young 
conventionally attractive woman Mm -hmm. or girl Mm -hmm. and it is usually done by an older conventionally attractive dude Mm -hmm. or grubby dude yeah it's like but it's not you know i think about the scene in 50 shades of gray oh right that whole storyline um and she uses the hard no or the like says no um and he continues to do it that's right and it's considered rape in every community Mm -hmm. but when you watch it and hear the comments that are said about it well she should have known he was that kind of dude he was good looking he made her sign a like a contract sex contract yeah Yeah, which is on its own not consent no coercion he's coercing her into doing things and in that scene he she says their safe word Mm -hmm. right and he continues Yeah. yeah that's in in any community you're right that is seen as sexual assault but it's portrayed as sexy Sexy. yeah i think that that also is a really good point when we talk about violence not even just sexual assault but how violence against women is portrayed in sort of like the crime shows a lot of crime shows whenever you pan towards the dead body it's a very sexualized version of a woman you Mm -hmm. know she has her mascara running down her face and her clothes are ripped and she's laying there in a very sensual way but she's not alive she's a corpse and the way we sexualize women and we make violence against women look sexy those things affect our brains remember jaws and people listing you know sharks as their biggest fears those things are directly affecting us even if we're not realizing it Mm -hmm. yeah and Another point that I wanted to make is that we have all these men who are who are making all these movies. And so we're here saying, you know, it's a problem that women are not more involved in the filmmaking process. It's a problem that we don't have that many women. Um, And I think a lot of the arguments against that are people saying, well, maybe women just don't make as good movies. Maybe there's like a reason, you know, people people say that kind of stuff. Right. Um, But It should be known that women graduate from film school at the same rate as men, which is 50% of the time. They have 50% graduation rates. However, big budget Hollywood films have 5% of those films are female directors. 5% of Hollywood films have female directors, even though they have the exact same graduation rate from film school as men. Mm -hmm. So either you have to accept that women are 5% as talented as men, which, you know, is really not Not, the case. It's BS. (laughs) Yes. Or you have to accept that there are problems in the system. You have to accept that there is something keeping women from reaching that point. And um, Naomi, the, the woman who did the TED Talk, she, she herself is a filmmaker and she was talking about her own experiences where she's brought films to companies and men have told her, no one wants to hear this story. No one wants to hear about women. No one wants to see a movie about all women. And she's even had, she, she created her own little team of, of female directors and producers. And when they came um, looking for funding, a man told them that they're going to need to hire a man at some point if they want to get anything actually made and wow yeah finished um and that seems really 
disheartening for all of the the women who are trying to get their stories out and trying to have a new perspective because mm-hmm. that's what media does it gives us new perspectives it helps us learn it helps us it helps our imagination mm-hmm. and when our imagination and our brains are filled with one perspective from one group of people and that perspective is often harmful Mm -hmm. like propagating those myths about sexual assault that starts to affect the way we think and do things and it affects our culture and I think that that it really needs to be a priority that we start getting more women women voices heard and more stories being told so we can broaden our minds and expand to new perspectives I think and that affects like a lot like when we talk about how sexual violence is portrayed in films and a lot of times it's a a graphic depiction scene of sexual violence Mm -hmm. and it's done in a way where um you don't a woman isn't describing it it's shown to you yeah and with that, why don't they just have the woman talk about her experience or say, I was um, a victim? Yeah. But they usually just like do a flashback and it's the scene. And yeah, they always make you watch it. Yeah. That's a really good point. What what do we gain from that instead of hearing it from the victim themselves? And it's almost like we have to watch it because society wouldn't believe a woman if she just said it. Ooh, I don't like that. I'm sorry. But I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I'd also say too, it's the, the sexualization and the making the violence sexy. And so they flash back to it because for some reason that's, that's what, some people might want to see or they think that that's what people want to see because again we don't have different perspectives mm-hmm. in film and it reflects on sexual violence and the way it's portrayed so i've seen last house on the left oh yes that one is one with a and i saw that when i was in high school i was young it's a horror film for yeah, sure yeah it is a very long 10 minute graphic scene of sexual violence And that violence is used to motivate the actual main characters. Mm -hmm. The story is all, uh, it's a revenge movie. The girls, uh, the victim's parents end up getting revenge on the rapist and they go to his house and it's it's a whole revenge story thing. And that is so on par with how sexual assault is usually portrayed in Mm -hmm. movies. And it's frustrating because it doesn't give the victims a voice. It just uses sexual assault as a tool to have, you know, the, the main characters do whatever it is they're doing. I think if you also look at that movie, who has the least amount of scripted lines in that movie? Oh, it has to be the victim. I would say it would most likely be the victim. Yeah. And she is the main care, one of the main characters, but gets the least amount yeah. of speaking lines. And then on top of that, who's speaking the most? It's the perpetrators, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good point too, because you really don't see her in the rest of the movie yeah. after she after the sexual assault is over she that's it's like that's all she was there for that's mm-hmm. all her character was there for was to get sexually assaulted and that also makes me think of game of thrones oh because i saw a number goodness. i think the number was 117 mm-hmm. rapes sexual assaults of women of women i think is that in the books 
I think it's There's some books. yeah. He, he so George R. R. Martin wrote Game of Thrones, and he wrote in 117 sexual assaults of women in throughout the series, and most of them are not told from the victim's perspective. No, it's it's really interesting. So um, there's 117, and then most of those aren't main characters. Right. It's only done to two main characters, and both of those main characters become villains. Wow. And with that, um, none of them are told in the perspective of the victim. Gotcha. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Um, uh, I think about there's the infamous um, scene with Cersei and yeah. her husband, um, and it's a real who's a uh, sexual sadist. And so, what happens is it's all seen from the perspective of the best friend, and not her actual perspective and the and the director at the time was saying well and the writer i think the actual author was saying well it wasn't really rape he kept like she immediately like she eventually gave in so it wasn't rape right i read that quote it's because someone asked the director if he considered it sexual assault or rape and and he said yes and no because at times she resisted and at times she gave in And I think that that reflects the general misinformation of sexual violence. Because the fact is, if someone is sexually assaulted, even if they stop fighting because of any reason, because they're tired, because they're traumatized, that does not make it not rape. Yeah. It's still sexual violence. It's a multi... I would say I, I, over a billion dollar industry at, at this point now and for, sure. for Game of Thrones. And it's literally warping people's brains to think that violent sex against women is sexy. Yeah. You see, uh, I'm going to mispronounce their names, but Drago. Dragon. Cal, Cal Drogo. Yep. That guy. Dude. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa's character. <laughs> and Khaleesi like couple goals right right but he rapes her yeah and yeah it game of thrones is an interesting one to talk about because it is so mainstream and Mm -hmm. so hugely popular and everyone is aware of the sexual violence but it doesn't seem to be a problem for most fans yeah no i've talked to people who are fans of the show um i tried to talk to like dudes who are fans of the show to see what their perspective is when i say well there's been like all these different sexual assaults against women like scene after scene and a lot of the response i get is well bad stuff happens to guys too in that and i'm like ooh, Mm, but is any of it sexual violence for the sake of of sexual violence because you're you mentioned that a bunch of the characters who experience rape are one-off characters yeah they never see them again yeah they're there to be raped and that is literally sending a message that some women exist to be sexually assaulted like that is just something that's gonna happen and that is the wrong message because sexual assault is not something that just happens it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen in a vacuum there are there are things that lead up to sexual violence and it can be prevented and 
these normalizing of uh, the media that normalizes sexual assault to the point that like a majority of our population is a fan of Game of Thrones and is fine watching these graphic depictions of rape. And so another response I get a lot of time was that was just the time and age of the periodic show or whatever. And I was like, they have dragons. dragons. Have we ever had dragons (laughs) in the real world? Other than the um, Komodo dragons. (laughs) But that's not something that we have. So they had this entire opportunity to create an entire world of anything that they wanted and they chose to depict that 117 times i cannot justify sitting through those scenes i can't justify sitting down and watching a show and knowing that in this episode someone's probably gonna get sexually assaulted i saw um a comment that one person did and it was like i really want to get into game of thrones um, all my friends are watching it, but I'm a survivor. Um, what sh- scene should I uh, look out for? And somebody commented, just don't watch it. I think that, yeah, that is definitely the best recommendation for mm-hmm. anyone who is sensitive to something like that. Like me, <laughs> I d- I'm not interested. That I yeah. just don't find it entertaining. And it's okay to enjoy Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That's I don't want it to sound like we are critical of anyone who likes that media. My best friend loves Game of Thrones <laughs> and she is also a survivor yeah. and she has a completely different perspective on the sexual assaults in Game of Thrones than I do and we've talked about it and it's it's all, you know, dependent on the person and you can appreciate the story and the fantasy and the magic for what it is. But I think it's interesting to just sort of stop and think, but why do all these sexual assaults? Why does all of this violence against women that is specifically gendered because sexual violence is gendered violence? Mm-hmm. Why did they have to write all that in? You can enjoy it. Enjoy your show. But ask yourself, you know, mm-hmm. is there a reason that this had to happen? Um, and I think you'll find that most of the time there's really not. Yeah. You know? Like one of my favorite series is the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Oh, yeah. And it's written by a man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's very obvious yeah. that it's written by a dude. Yeah. And um, the movie, I really hated the American Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie. It was just not well done. They made um, the reporter played by Daniel Craig, like the main character instead of um, the actual hero. That's interesting (laughs) because the whole book series is about the main girl, right? The survivor. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, that's weird. Um, but it's because they had a big celebrity yes. play that part, Daniel Craig. Yes. Um, I think it's interesting, though. We have so many movies like that where she is sexually assaulted and she goes out to get vengeance. But we also have all, but no motivation on movies like that for men. Right. Like they can be mo- like Bond. It's his job to go and, like, license to kill. Like, go out there, you know, and get the bad guys who are always rushing for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And so so that's, like, a big, you know, drive for him. That's his job. And that's okay for a dude to do it. But I haven't seen any women bond. Right. Yeah. Like, 
And I haven't seen, I mean, don't get me wrong. I haven't seen every movie in the world, but I have not seen any movies where a man is his main motivation is his own sexual assault. His motivation for revenge is the sexual violence he's experienced. And the fact that you can literally Google rape as drama and it will come up with so many examples. Kill Bill. Kill Bill, which made me very sad because I love Kill Bill. But again, you can enjoy media and still critically take a look at it, you know, Mm -hmm. try to understand what it means for society. Because again, our media is a reflection of our culture and vice versa. Um, And whenever I was, I was looking up rape is drama just to get some like info examples. I found uh, some discussion boards on a website um, that's just like for movies discussion on movies. And one of them was titled top 10 rapes in films and they had like made their own list with links to their favorite rape scenes. There was another one called Top 10 Movie Rapes. And it was another user who, oh who you know, uh, collected all of their top 10 rape scenes in movies. And the fact that there are normal people, everyday people, you and me, your neighbors, your friends, who are genuinely getting enjoyment out of these rape scenes shows that it's affecting us yeah because that is not something that you should be enjoying that's that's not it and again it goes to us portraying these things as sexy yeah i mean like and if we say that uh pop culture doesn't directly affect our culture it would be silly because um i think about the study that was done in north dakota with 73 college dudes and one in three of them said that they would sexually assault a woman if they could get away with it and there'd be no consequences. If nobody knew and there'd be no consequences. So we, when we depict rape as sexy and it's very pretty to look at, yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, it is motivation for some people not all people but for some people to idealize about it and to fantasize about it and to enact those violence against women yeah people who are already primed to feel that sort of way the more they they see these movies depicting rape as you know something like that and instead of focusing on the victim focus instead we're focusing on the act itself Mm -hmm. right like you talk about how they do flashbacks we're Mm -hmm. focusing on the act instead of focusing on the person who was affected by the act and I think if we were portraying it more as from the victim's perspective we could have our population develop more empathy for Mm -hmm. victims instead of see them as a motivation for someone else. Yeah. And empathy for the protagonist who's usually a dude. Yeah. Um, I would love to see women who just want justice. Like if we had more Wonder Women out there, because there's women who want to get justice because that's what they just believe in. Absolutely. We're cold and calculated because that's how they are. And they don't need to be raped to be strong women. Like that doesn't, you don't have to be raped to be a strong woman. Like I think about Kira Knightley who's played Domino and a lot yes. of strong women. She now has to screen her script. She doesn't like to do most modern age type um, period films because um, so many of them in the backstories has rape. Wow. 
as a backstory for why the woman is strong. Wow. And it's viewed as lazy writing. It should, like, among many women and should be viewed among all of Hollywood society as really lazy writing because you have a dude who's writing about rape, who doesn't understand rape, who's writing about rape about women, who doesn't maybe understand women's perspective so much. For sure. And so it's an easy way to put that rape in the black backstory and not explain why that woman's like that. Agreed. Because then no one's going to question it. Yeah, you don't have to, to flesh out any more of her character. Um, you know, you already have this one incident and now she's like this and now you know. And I agree. I think it's absolutely lazy writing. And I think that that's unfortunately probably the best narrative that will get people to stop doing it like to get writers from to keep them from writing that in as a a narrative is to say that it's lazy versus you know it's wrong don't write (laughs) rape as uh, as drama like that um and I think that it is so sad that Keira Knightley has to screen her scripts because she's she has seen so many that want her to be a rape victim Mm -hmm. and like that is the motivation it's so frustrating because you're right men get all sorts of motivation in movies there's never really any question about it what about john wick he his dog dies that is the most relatable movie i sure have two dogs who i love and if somebody was to take them out, I would I would learn to become an assassin. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? The fact that it is so relatable to everyone mm-hmm. shows that that writing, that same amount of effort can be put into female characters, mm-hmm. you know? And it can still be relatable if they're women and if they have just other types of backgrounds other sorts of things that have happened to them it doesn't have to be sexual violence and if it is and see that's the part that's that's difficult because sexual assault happens often it happens a lot in the real world and it's okay to portray that in film and in media it's okay to to because of course uh media is a reflection of our society so if you are writing those things in film and media it just needs to be done the right way. It just needs to be shown from a victim um, and survivor perspective. Focus on that person and their healing and and have different reactions mm-hmm. to sexual assault too. I think that that is another thing that propagates a lot of these myths um, because in reality, everyone reacts differently to sexual assault. Some people will not be as emotionally affected as others. Some people will have a completely different reaction. Some people want to go to the hospital. Some people don't. Yeah. There is a an infinite amount of reactions to sexual assault. But in media, we once again see one perspective. Yes. We see a single perspective with a single example, and it all sort of follows the same formula. And I think that that really discredits real survivors who can react in any number of ways we've had survivors at the hospital who are laughing because they they're they can't you know comprehend what's happened to them and that's how they react and the problem with believing that a victim needs to act a certain way is that when you see someone who isn't reacting that way you're not going to believe them no you're going to say 
And this is that's what happened to this girl who was laughing in the hospital. The police officer said, well, she's laughing. She's smiling. There's no way this just happened to her. But it did. And she was reacting the way that her brain wanted her to react. And um, the more that we see more varied personalities and reactions in media, different perspectives, new thoughts and ideas, the broader our horizons can become and the more service we can provide for survivors. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, that's why I have to give it to the two biggest uh, women hero movies that, that we have right now, Captain Marvel and um, Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, they were not sexually assaulted. Yeah, <laughs> like, that wasn't part of their motivation. You no, know, they just wanted justice for mankind, people kind. Yes. Like, like, that was so cool. And I think that all a lot of little girls feel the same way they want to be heroes they want to wear capes they want to save the day absolutely because what do you get when you save the day you feel good yeah and girls should want to feel good about being heroes instead of maybe being put in the place of damsel in distress yes and that's that's usually what it comes down to rape in movies is often focused on the experiences of the men who are close to the female victims. Yes. Turning stories of trauma into narratives of male pride, into narratives of, well, I have to do something. I have to do something to avenge this woman in my life who's been hurt. When instead we can just turn the camera a little bit and focus on that woman, Mm -hmm. focus on her story and just change it up a little bit. We've been seeing the same types of media for 50 years yeah, and I'm bored. (laughs) I'm bored of it. I'm bored of only 5% female directors because there are women who have so many stories, so many new perspectives, and I think that they deserve a chance to tell those stories. And so we need to encourage that. I think that once we see the number of female directors really start to grow in Hollywood, we'll see a change in the narratives of sexual violence in Hollywood. I think we just need to stop portraying sexual violence and start in a way of where people see it and start letting showing women describing it i absolutely agree because i think when we start when people are like well i have to see it to make sure it happens um then that translates into our everyday life and our court systems and what we see with our clients who have been assaulted and so they're like well it's just her words that's what she said but how did it really happen? Yeah. I think that that is such a good point. And I I really think that would be really great. There is um, one of your favorite movies that you've talked about, Mad Max. I love Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, the new one is really great. And mm-hmm. the director talked about how he had all these screenwriters, like he was evaluating who was going to be on um like part of the creative process and he got 200 scripts and within the first 40 all of them had rape and sexual assault as the backstory for every woman character and so he was like no (laughs) and so I thought that was you talk about you know more about it than I do um so maybe you should touch on that because I really think that that was a really cool 
film. Yeah. But you know, you're like really into I'm it. really and- into the Mad Max universe. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so the first three Mad Max movies are wonderful. Um, but they are absolutely male power fantasies for sure. You know, it started in, uh, the seventies, the late seventies. And, um, I mean, the first film, I, I noticed this while I was watching it, but, um, the main character, Max, his motivation is the death of his wife and child. His, his, they're both alive for most of the movie, but his wife, I don't even remember how many words she spoke. She was always just there. She was Mm. always just standing there next to him. She didn't really say any words. And then she was killed. And then that's his motivation to go out, you know, for the rest of the movies. And so I think the fact that the first three were so lacking in female representation really made George Miller, the director want to empower women more in the new movie. And I think that he did such a good job of it um, because those main characters, the, the female characters, their backstory is sexual violence. They're like, you know, breeder women Mm -hmm. because it's a dystopian future kind of thing. And they're prisoners. And um, they are meant to like have the, the, um, and Morton Joe, the main bad guy, they're meant to like have his babies and everything. Um, but the movie is about um, Furiosa. It's about Charlize Theron's character and it's about her getting these women away to safety. And it is incredibly empowering. And even, you know, the the women themselves, the victims, the survivors, they have agency. They have their stories. They mm-hmm. have their personalities. Even if they're not on screen very often, as often as the other main characters, they have a voice. And I think that it was really well written um, in that universe. And I think that the the way he made an effort to tell those stories because of the last three, I think that that really shows, you know, growth and it shows how, how films can be written well, how sexual assault can be written and still have empowered female characters who ha- maybe have been victims before. And it doesn't have to be about a man saving them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Max does. Max helps them all the time. Yeah. But Furiosa, Furiosa helps much more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They work together. And I think they, that film too, um, George Miller wrote it in a way that Furiosa and Max do not become, you know, romantically involved, which is usually also what happens in movies. Oh, yeah. Women are there to be the love interest mm-hmm. or they're just there to look good. Um, but this movie really uh, had them on equal ground. They were both equally powerful and equally a part of what was happening. Um, so I think that that's a very empowering film. Feel free to disagree, but it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, as one of my favorite films, uh, Star Wars, Mm -hmm. uh, love, and we'll go into nerd culture in a different episode a little later here, but um, I think of how you've been, if a woman is strong, then we replace them in when we sell products. Oh, yeah. So, like, Princess Leia. I mean, like, she was so cool. Oh, my goodness. Like, she was feminist icon. And, like, I was like, she's a hero. I want to be like that. And she's strong. And so many times now that I hear people talk about it, and they're like, Luke did that. And I was like, no, that was Leia. Like, you know, Luke. 
like Leia stood up to Darth Vader in this empowering scene in A New Hope, but they're gonna sell a T-shirt with Luke doing it. I was like, stop doing that. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> erasing. It's yeah. erasing women. So when and she, I thought that was really well done because she didn't have sexual assault in her past. Absolutely. And that's and everybody loves Leia's story. Yeah. And boys, girls, like it's a powerful story. And you know what? Let's have another woman superhero that like, you know, her parents are killed in a dark alleyway. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll relive that 800 times. How many Batman <laughs> movies are there? A lot. I think that that is also brings us to the point that women movies are not just for women women directed movies are not just for women just Mm -hmm. like male directed movies are not just for men you know women are 50 percent of the population and little boys should have a female hero to look up to as well they Mm -hmm. should be able to relate to women i was able to relate to men when i was little because of all of the male heroes that i would see and not only did it make me feel alienated to only see men on screen it 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 made me relate to men a lot more i think that women because we are inundated with all of this stuff directed by men and male characters, um, we learn to <clears throat> we learn to relate to men at a very early age. But I don't think the opposite is true. Yeah, because men and boys don't have as much uh, women representation that they get to relate to, and I think that that's sad. I think that's very sad because boys should be able to see a woman and also think she is strong and I can be like her just yeah. like girl little girls think when they see Superman and Batman oh, you for know sure yeah. yeah I would totally love that yeah uh, I, I think that it's just a good point you know the the stuff that we talk about the women's issues those things are not just about women they're about boys and men and the way that we interact with each other and the way we empathize with each other and we're able to empathize more if we see each other represented more. Yeah, I would go as far to say as they're not women issues, they're human issues. They're human issues and, and gender issues. Men have a gender. Boys yeah. have a gender. gender. Gendered violence and gender issues are both men and women issues. Yes. And uh, all this stuff affects all of us. And I, I think that it really gets sort of, it, it gets lost in translation sometimes when we talk about it. Um, but the fact is that the socialization is affecting our boys just as much as it's affecting our girls. It is. And it's affecting the, our society in the sense of when we see it portrayed only one way and it's a toxic way, mm-hmm. especially something as... I want to say as important as a rape scene. Yes. It should be seen as important and not just a backstory. 100%. It should be dealt with with care and as seen as something that just happened. Yep. And is something that is easily lazy writing. Yeah. Like, how do we view our women? How does that make our society view that our women? Yeah, yeah. It's like rape as a tool. Rape is a tool for, you know, a man's progression and that ends up, you know, affecting the way we view sexual assault. And you're right. It's not really seen as serious. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the way it's portrayed in movies sort of devalues it in real life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this has been a, a heavy talk. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, yes. joining us. And um, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about violence against women and how it is romanticized in a lot of media, which is sort of already what we've touched on, but we're going to go even deeper. We're going to talk about you. Ooh. Joe. Mr. Joe Fantastic. Yes. And Mr. Ted Bundy. Mr. Ted Bundy. We're going to go into it. So please listen, follow us, and join us next week. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.